welcome to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. Focused on providing valuable information for anyone looking to undertake a new build or extension project. We'll share our tips, tricks and stories from a building designer's perspective. Welcome to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. I'm your host, Amelia, and once again, we're joined by Frank Geskus. Hey, Amelia. Happy Thursday. Yeah, we're doing a bit different today. We are. We've got another exciting topic to talk about. What's that? Well, I thought we might talk about transportable homes. Nice. Interesting topic. It is something a little bit different, but... You mentioned that we've been getting quite a few inquiries about this and sometimes people jump straight into it and they don't actually realise what you need to check before buying one of these off your Gumtree, your Facebook marketplace, Joe Blow down the street. So what what are some of the things that we need to consider? Oh man, there's so much. One thing I've got to point out right here, calling it a transportable building and say so transport home it still has to be the same classification under the building code so it has to meet all the same requirements so we talk about the insulation the bushfire the structure all these things to do with a normal home they have to comply with it as well so they can't just have you know john down the road that slaps something together and and that's it oh that's where we get the term donger from because they're just like a shed or somewhere to pot out. And up in Tasmania, up in the Highlands, there's a lot of dongers up there around the lakes. Oh, yeah. yeah they built their shacks and they're literally dongers, just tin sheds and they might have put some pine lining and a wood heater in the corner and that's their piece of paradise. Man, they must be freezing. They are. That's, <laughs> why, they're big, that's why they have really big fireplaces. Yeah, that's true. So we get a lot of inquiries over this. It's been more so of late. And I think it's due to people looking at trying to find affordable ways to get into their own little castle. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm all for it. We've designed quite a number of them. Shipping containers, small homes, granny flats, if you want to call them, all that type of stuff. Pick it up with a crane, take them away, put them on site. It's all fine if you meet all the requirements under the codes, you meet all the planning requirements, but more importantly that it's built in such a way that it's built like a house in that it's going to make it thermally correct so it's comfortable, it won't condensate. Obviously, when you pick it up with a crane, it doesn't break. It meets all the wind code requirements. All the glazing is as per any other house. So no problem with them. The challenge we've been coming across is, hey, I'm looking at this house at Whoop Whoop or even in town and it's transport. I want to move it to my place. Okay, that's cool. So how old is it? Oh, it could be 10 or 15 years old. Okay, fine. Has it got all the paperwork? Uh, why do I need paperwork? Because you do. Because you need paperwork to say this is structurally sound, to say that it's thermally correct. And it complies with everything. Yeah, and even with the electrical, it's a very good idea to have the electrical compliant. 10 oh, years old. Yeah. You know, you don't know what's been done to it. It's like when you buy a second-hand home. You go into it, you're buying something old, you know what it is. You've got to be aware of what you're buying. Unfortunately, we've seen it where people have bought it, then they've asked the question, oh, I want to do this and take it here, that, and we tell them we can't make it comply. And they're shattered and they've dropped a reasonable amount of money on it. You know? Ouch. Do not buy one unless from a reputable company that has engineering certificates, the builder is a licensed builder, 
that you can go online and see he's got a license. It actually has the thermal performance assessment on there and it's got a certificate from electrical contractor and also from a plumbing contractor. I wouldn't touch it. So if you buy a car, it's been certified by the manufacturer. If you buy one that's been modified, it's at your risk. Mm-hmm. And that's modified, if you can't prove the paperwork, you're buying something that may not comply or you may not even be able to use. Yeah, and where do you, where do you put it if you're not allowed to use it? I mean, they're not exactly it becomes small. A shed. It becomes a shed. Yeah, that's true, yeah. And I've had to do this with a couple of people. It says, I cannot make this comply. And it's shattering for them because they see something on Gumtree and I'm looking at some now and you can tell, you know, they talk about office studio granny flat. Well, studio can be classed in like a shed. That's fine, but you can't live in it. You can use it like a workshop, you know, hobby room. If you want to use it as habitable, I someone lives in there permanently, it's got to meet completely different requirements. So I love it, these advertising that they have on here, you know, office, granny flat, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. That should be your alarm bell straight away. Mm-hmm. So then you've really got to do the research. Sometimes we look on the outside of some of these, these buildings, got these beautiful pictures, and we look at the thickness of the roof and I think, well, you can't even fit the insulation in there. Yeah. And if you can't fit the insulation, that means there's no gap. If there's no gap, there's a chance that the thing will condensate and rot and mould. And then it's not very healthy to live in at all. Oh, 100%. It'll make you sick. So I find this fraudulent in a way that people sell these. I know of a um, company that bought some from some guy built these. And they're beautiful looking pods. And they're going to use them for offices on site, you know, for reception, meeting room, toilets and all that. And we've gone through there and... I ended up ringing the guy who built it. He wasn't even a licensed builder. Oh, no, you're yeah. joking. And he says, oh, what size footing did you put in? I don't know. Who, who's your engineer? He said, no, I didn't use an engineer, mate. Just came up with all this stuff. Oh, no. And they bought it. And this was a company. So this is a guy running a business selling yeah. stuff that's illegal. Yes. Gee whiz. Why are you surprised? Oh, it's concerning. But it's what it is. There's a lot of it going out there. And half these guys don't even know what the rigs are. And they're relying on someone buying it that don't know what the regs are. Wow. So all I can say is, don't buy it, talk to someone, or you go to a reputable modular housing builder, you know, and there's quite a few of those popping up. And then you go, oh, it looks heaps more expensive. That's right, because they've done it properly. Mm-hmm. And they'll have all the paperwork. And if they're any good, they'll put it on site for you too. So they'll back their own product. You're buying a product. Yeah, I, I just find it extraordinary just looking at some of these, how they're describing, you know, it's, Electrical by a qualified electrician, builder, qualified chippy. And they keep going about all qualified, qualified. But there's no paper. They don't say certified or comes with proper paperwork. It's like having, you know, we don't have it in Tasmania on the mainland. You don't have a roadworthy with your car. Yeah. Think of it as a roadworthy on your portable. Yeah, 100%. So go to a reputable, if that's where you want to go, granny flats. They're a great idea. We spoke about our frescoes and outdoor spaces. And building an outdoor space with a transportable building. Great idea. Again, get the right paperwork. And then you'll have a lifetime of fun and use. It could be it could be a sleep out. Uh, make sure it complies. And then you need to ask your building surveyors, don't trust the person selling you. Go to talk to someone, you know. It's uh, buy beware. Yeah, once again, it's sort of that do your research, isn't it? I understand the research, but how do they know the research if you don't know what you're looking for? Yes, and, and you've said, you know, go to a reputable company, but, you know, Joe Bloggs that was, you know, selling these things that wasn't reputable, you would think that 
him running his own business and and being registered would make him reputable. So it it makes it really hard for consumers. Oh, totally. Don't go down the rabbit hole of, you know, I'm a qualified builder. I'm calling bullshit on Mm -hmm. half these guys that build this stuff, qualified builders, you know. They probably don't carry a licence, they probably don't carry insurance. And if they're licensed, I believe you can look them up on CBOS. In Tasmania, you can. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure in Victoria. Look, a lot of places run licences and you should be able to find it online. One of my favourites is uh, converting shipping containers Mm -hmm. into accommodation, granny flats, extra space or a shack. Fine. We've designed a number of those. And, yep, it can be done, no worries at all. But when you see them online, do they actually, this one's saying... Very good condition, ideal granny flat, air-conditioned, blah, 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 soundproof, but it mentions nothing about having a licence. And is it structurally sound because they've cut the end out of it? <laughs> yeah, that's concerning. Yeah, and mm. I'm just looking, they've got old fluoros in there. Well, And it looks like they've recycled some, even the doors don't match inside, so it looks like they've recycled the doors from somewhere. And uh, all the colours of the frames are different. <laughs> one A I'm few sure. alarm bells there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, it looks like the shipping container got dropped off the back of a boat as well. It's all banged up and dented, if you like that look. The distressed look. (laughs) Or derelict. (laughs) (laughs) So don't think you're getting a bargain. You're not. You're just not. Then leads the thing is the portable tiny homes. That's a really interesting one too where they're on on wheels. Yeah, and I have to admit when I've gone out to you know, one of the big rural shows that we have here in Tasmania, Agfest. I, I do always really enjoy having a look at those. Could you live in one? It's oh. a very unique place to live. Considering my clothing takes up about three bedrooms. I thought that was just your shoes. Oh, I'm not really a shoe person. I like clothes. I'm not really a shoe person. That's, Fair enough. We'll leave that to Steve, our, one of our colleagues. <laughs> yeah, oh, his, his shoe collection's amazing. It is. Basketball shoes. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's a very different lifestyle. You're minimising your life, how you operate and what you have. You know, it's very interesting. It's And good on you. If you if you want to do that, all power to you. Is it really budget-friendly, though? People look at the price and, you know, they online they vary quite a bit, obviously, depending on what you're after. Yeah. But by the time you actually get permits and the certifications and blah, 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 like, is it actually cost-effective? Or is it better just to build your standard old granny flat or studio? Or It's hard to say. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm really not sure. I've never done the cost analysis. And there's probably some people listening to this who would have a better idea than I would. There is a, a beauty of just getting the footings done, craning it in, putting it on site, connect your plumbing, water, power to it. And you haven't torn the place to pieces building a house. Because a building site is a pretty invasive of your space and mess and tradies in and out like a yo-yo. So moving a building in is a very good way of doing it with minimal disruption. I guess it can save on time, I guess, more than anything. That too? Yeah. It can do because just, like I say, you drop it in. The tiny homes, again, they're on wheels. In Tasmania, there's a bit of a loophole that if it's a registrable trailer and building or structure on it, it can be moved onto a site with its own sewer connections on there, power connections like a caravan type arrangement. So that is allowed to be done mm-hmm. and you don't have to meet the other regulations. But every council might have a different opinion on that too. 
So even if it's, say, an off-grid situation and it's on a trailer, does it still have to go through bushfire and stuff? How does that work? That's a good question. I don't think it does because it doesn't come under the building code. Yeah, okay. Under the Tasmanian regulations, I I know that they don't. Even though it's still habitable. Yeah, because it's on wheels, Mm. it's like a caravan. Yeah. You know, but I'm just looking at this tiny home here and it's very cool. You know, it's really trick how they've done this, multi-storied, it's got a breakfast bar that goes outside and it's 4.5 metres wide. How the heck is that transportable? I mean, that's what I don't understand either. Like, if you don't have to go through bushfire and it's on a trailer, it's not really, realistically, it's not that easy to transport out in a bushfire situation. No. You would need a truck. A big one. A massive truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's just going to burn. <laughs> You have to run really You've got to fast. run. You've got to get out of there. The whole yeah. point is to get out. So also with the tiny homes, you may realize the stairs don't comply with the normal requirements. Oh, I guess, yeah, a lot of them I've seen, the steps are super steep. And that's where I think they can not meet those requirements. Again, the ceiling heights are different too. I'll just show you the picture there, Amelia. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm six foot two. I reckon... You'd bang your head on that one. I'd be crawling a bit. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But again, this is a personal choice and maybe it's a way to get started, pay off your debts and all that type of stuff by all means. You've still got to connect your sewer, your water to it. If you can be off-grid and have a separate set of solar panels, great. So there's a few possibilities there for people. We've just got to make a choice and check all the council regs. That is not a bad way of doing it. Yeah, and I imagine... Even looking at, say, you've bought a beautiful block of land by the by the beach and you want to put on a trailer with, you know, your transportable... Might as well just bring a caravan and pop a shed up. Yeah, most people. But it, say they had a, a trailer. Oh, some councils may not agree with that. That is true. Yeah. Yes, you've got to check out the local regulations on that. But like you say, that could be a good start for your seaside dream is popping a shed up in a caravan. Oh, I'd love that. I think most people do. Mm. It's simple. It works well. Still got a few creature comforts. And uh, I know caravan toilet showers are a bit tight. Yeah. Pop, <laughs> pop one in the sh- a shed and it's a little bit more comfy. It is. It's not too bad at all. Yeah. So just wanted to make everyone aware of the, the transportable movement. And the same with container homes, all part of the same thing. You really need to research. But if you're ever in doubt, what you're looking at, talk to a surveyor. And I keep saying this all the time, building surveyor, building designer, architects, they'll be able to assist you with those regs. Because you don't want to go drop, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 thinking yourself a bargain and in the, in the end you've just got yourself a portable shed. Yeah, it would be a shame. Yeah. Yeah, very sad. Yep. And as I keep saying, it does happen. So also, are you allowed to put land? You know, like you said, you mentioned vacant block, but what about putting the granny flat? It's, just, it's the same thing. I don't care what you call it. It still has to meet the same regulations. Mm-hmm. And if you need to talk to the council, they may give you a little bit of guidance, but the, the building surveyors and designers, architects will be the ones to you know say yay or nay. Oh, by the way, I've got to point out, there are some modular buildings made in other countries that are brought into Australia. A lot of those don't come with the right paperwork either. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've come across that just recently. And I know a gentleman who bought one and we're designing a new house for him. He got it in because his house burnt down and waiting a long time for insurance. He had to stay on site because it was a farm and all this stuff. So he bought one of these Chinese-type built things and the actual company that sold it to him. 
he ended up getting mould on the floor after the first winter and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. That's awful. And the ceiling heights weren't right and all that. And he thought it was all happy days and it wasn't. So wasn't compliant. No, no, no. Mind you, he didn't check either. He just needed some quick accommodation. Yep. That was his decision to make that, but it was a, certainly buyer's regret on that one. I reckon. I'm not saying there's other stuff from China that's magnificent, you know. It, again, does it have the correct certifications? Even the, if it comes from another country, does it even have the right plumbing fittings? Is it been installed properly? Is the hot water service even compliant in Australia? Is the electrical compliant in Australia? Yeah. yeah. All these things. When you get it from uh, overseas, you don't know that. No, definitely not. And certain people will tell you that it does without the correct paperwork. So don't get all excited over the price. You'll have buyer's regret. So get all your approvals before you actually purchase something. That's probably the best way of doing it. How do you get all of those permits? Same same way as... Same way, same as everything. Yeah. Designer, building designer, architect, we will work through and get those for you. So do not purchase one and you can get all the paperwork off them and we can soon tell you, and if they do have the paperwork, make sure you get all your approvals first, so you get your building and plumbing permits, and then you purchase it. Well, that's a good idea. You, you do it when you buy a, um, a shed as well. You know, you go buy a prefabricated shed, you make your planning approval, you just get a deposit in to get your engineering drawings, then when you've got your building approval, pay for the rest of the shed. That's a good idea. It's mm. pretty common sense. Makes what, sense. Why pay for the whole thing if there might be doubt on getting your permits? It is very difficult to get permits to do you know to do everything properly, so just be patient. Don't dump your money into it straight away. Any last tips and tricks for anyone looking to purchase a transportable home, or container home, or anything like that? What what do you recommend they they do? I would stalk them on Google and do a lot of research to see if they're reputable. Yep, check if they're a licensed builder. Yeah, exactly. You mm-hmm. can, uh, you can soon do a search and take lots of photos of it. They may have paperwork, may not, and then take it to a designer and architect. And uh, I'm just looking at one now. The sink doesn't have a splashback on it. So, yeah, <laughs> it's got a little kitchenette and they haven't put a splashback on the back of it. Oh, dear. So, so that means the yeah. plaster or the wall line gets wet. You know, there's just simple little things that, you can, that we can pick up to say, yep, that's not going to fly. And so you recommend definitely don't purchase anything secondhand off Gumtree or no. Marketplace? No, I'd get you, if you're going to do it, get your approvals first and go on the ground. I'll buy it as long as I can get all my permits in place. Mm-hmm. If I can't, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. It's not a given you're going to get a permit. Yeah, I think people make that assumption. That's why they get in and try and buy it straight away. Oh, he claimed he was a builder and yep. I get that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you find out, oh, he's not a builder. Yeah, You can't call yourself a builder if you don't have a licence. You can't call yourself a building designer or an architect or a building surveyor unless you have a licence because mm-hmm. you can't practice. Yes. That means you don't have insurance. So you're buying something with or engaging someone without insurance. Yeah, that's a worry. So would you drive your car without insurance? No. Would you not insure, would you not insure your home? Definitely not. I think it kind of answers your question. It's the same with everything. Make sure it's done by reputable people with insurance. PI, public liability, all that stuff. Yeah. Hopefully that helps people to understand this because um, I just, oh, just feel terrible people ringing us and we've got to give them the bad news, but I'd rather them give them bad news and they don't put their, invest their money into something that they can't guarantee to get a permit to move into. Definitely do your research. It's almost as bad as builders going broke halfway through a build. You're left with a 
a slab in a pile sticks. Yeah, yeah. It's not worth a lot, is it? No, it's really not. And it's so sad. I'm reading so many of these online, you know, on the news, and it's just breaking my heart, all these people. And they're borrowed to the eyeballs, and now they're stuck with a pile of sticks on a piece of concrete. And if they're lucky, they've got a roof on it, and maybe it might be wrapped up. And they're paying for it, and they're probably paying rent or... They're paying rent. Some, or mortgage somewhere paying, else, yeah. yeah. Yeah, paying on that mortgage as well. And then the interest rates go up. It's it's a terrible situation. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, and uh, it's very hard to come back from that. Hate to end that on a downer. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is quite a bit of a downer. It I'm is just a bit all of a Debbie news. downer. Yeah, yeah, but I'd like to be people be aware and, and be real about this stuff. Don't do rose-coloured glasses. Test everyone. Don't believe everyone what they're saying. And that's why we're here. We're, we're here to help people stop these kind of mistakes that, and you know, really costly mistakes. Oh, so. yeah. You may not recover from this financially. No, exactly. Yeah, it, you know, it's just people going broke, doing the wrong things, a whole bunch of things, and it's a big minefield out there and you just need someone to take you through that process to make sure you don't get done like a dinner. Yep. So give us a call if you have any concerns or questions that you'd like to ask us about transportable homes. And we might wrap it up there, Frank. We've been talking for nearly half an hour, so... Sorry, you can't shut me up half the time, can't can you? Can't shut him up, no. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, guys. That was the Building Design Primetime Podcast. See you, guys. You're listening to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. 